This is Loose Leaf, the podcast of an author with multiple personalities. My name is Charity Bradford, lover of all things science fantasy. I'm also River Ford, writer of contemporary romance. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the last podcast. My husband listened to it and wondered what in the world it had to do with my life as an author. The short answer? Maybe nothing, but that isn't really true. I've written several stories with them in mind, and that's why I wanted to introduce them to you. He also said the last part, with all of them in the room and talking at the same time, was really quite painful. That made me laugh because that's what we hear every night and every weekend. At least you guys can shut it off. No matter what, I love my crazy life and figured if I was going to be completely honest on this show, I had to share that piece of my life with you. This week, we'll get back to writing topics. You may not know it, but this podcast started as an exclusive for my Patreon subscribers. However, I was putting in a lot of time and effort for just a handful of people. I love my subscribers, and they still get a free book download from me every month. This month, the download is Fade Into Me, my young adult modern-day fairy tale with a science fiction twist. Today's Behind the Story Talk is all about Ryan and Caden. Be advised, this episode deals with my character's emotional journey to healing after being sexually assaulted. While there are no details in the book or this podcast, some of the subject matter may cause emotional triggers. Having said that, this story was written for my girls. They were teenagers at the time. My boys were quite young, but if they ever read this story, I hope they also pull from it the things I wanted to convey to their sisters. This is what I hope everyone gets from this book. You can't control everything that happens to you. Bad things happen to good people. It doesn't mean you aren't worthy of love and good things in your future. Fade Into Me started as my summer pool project, and I didn't have any intention of publishing it. It was supposed to be my just-for-fun story to help relieve the pressure of finishing The Magic Wakes. However, my mind kept returning to this story over the next couple of years. As I got to know my main female lead, Ryan, the theme I mentioned above started to formulate bit by bit, piece by piece. The process took years as I would work on the story and then move on to something else for a while, but I kept coming back. This normal girl, by all outward appearances, had deep emotional scars to match the physical ones that I discovered by accident. Now you may wonder how that happened since I'm the author. Well, it happens to me all the time. I'm never in charge. I'm simply trying to discover what the characters are trying to tell me about themselves. And somehow I have to get that on the page. Anyway, I was writing a scene which was slightly reminiscent of one from Beauty by Robin McKinley. Perhaps I recognized that influence and subconsciously I added a twist that changed everything. And I mean everything. I started asking questions all over again because my character now had scars and I didn't know where they came from. In the end, I believe I let all my worst fears come out to play. What's the worst that could happen to either of my girls? What if they didn't tell anyone? How would they feel about themselves and subsequently everyone around them? What would it take for them to heal emotionally and mentally? Of course, I mixed in a little magic, another dimension, aliens, and the fairy tale setting with Prince Charming. But I didn't want him to be the traditional hero either. He has his own prejudice against humans 
and a healthy superiority complex as heir to the throne during the reparation to overcome. And I never wanted him to save Ryan. I wanted her to save herself. Caden quickly became a supporting figure for her, but she had to find her own strength in order to save herself and his people. Ooh, and you should know that part of the back jacket blurb for this book came to me in a dream. That's what really started the whole thing, even before I officially dubbed it Pool Book. Do I need to explain what I mean by pool book? When I first started writing, we lived in this neighborhood in North Carolina. It had an amazing pool, fully stocked with lifeguards. This meant that I didn't have to physically be in the pool with my kids every minute. I could sit and read or write and simply look up every five minutes to do a visual head count. It was glorious. Don't worry, I did spend plenty of time splashing around too. Anyway, I looked forward to the summer because I could write a bit more without feeling guilty. I always gave myself permission to play with ideas that I could easily throw away. It was supposed to be guilt-free and stress-free. Now, to that back jacket blurb. This is what I scribbled in a notebook early one summer beside the pool while I was observing everyone through my sunglasses. Aliens live among us. Their purpose, to protect and nurture their greatest mistake, mankind. Isn't that a great start? Wouldn't you want to write that story? It took forever to come up with the rest of the blurb, but here it is. Epithian. Caden doesn't believe humans will evolve to see the magic, much less control it. Even so, he has two months to marry one or face the wrath of the High Council. Bitter about a responsibility he thinks prevents him from marrying for love, he figures any human girl will do. Then his soulmate stumbles into and right out of his arms. Human. Ryan might be Caden's one shot at happiness while still fulfilling his duty. Unfortunately, she's determined to push Caden away to protect him from her past and a dark secret. Caden must convince her she's worthy of his love before a rival family puts an end to his wedding plans. If she can see her own worth, Ryan just might save herself and his people. Of course, I set the human part of the story in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I was living when I started writing it. But I couldn't write the things I wanted to talk about straight up contemporary. That's why Caden is an alien prince who moves freely between the human side of the barrier and the Epithian side called Irius. Irius almost became like a character all by itself. Let me share some of the descriptions from chapter one. The runes moved under my fingers and the fabric of space split and fluctuated within the confines of the portal. This doorway separated the human reality from the hidden world of my people, same earth, different dimensional plane. I concentrated on the coordinates as my mind linked telepathically with the system. A step forward, a tugging sensation, an eternity of cold nothingness, and I materialized in Irius. Strands of magic swirled everywhere, revealing more vibrant colors and scents than on the human side of the barrier. The magic of the garden danced in the sunlight Shades of red, white, yellow, and green jumped from plant to plant, mingling, changing. They wrapped themselves around the sound of buzzing insects and the humming of birds' wings. This is what I missed the most when living among humans. This symbiosis of sight and sound, the collective magical ignorance of the human race compelled the colors to remain motionless, 
Here, they played like joyful children. Right off the bat, the reader knows this is going to be different. Interdimensional doorways, visible magic floating in the air as colors, and hopefully they feel this deep connection to the life force of the earth in those words. Why? Because there is a second theme throughout this book focused on balance, life and death, creation and destruction. You learn in chapter one that Caden can gather and weave these strands of color to manipulate the world around him, but only when he's in balance with himself. He doesn't know it, but he's about to spend most of the book out of balance. When we first meet Ryan, we also meet her sister, Heather. A lot of people have said she's their favorite character. From their interaction, we can see how much they love each other and how stubborn Rye can be. She's constantly craving her sister's attention, but also pushes her away out of fear that she'll leave someday. For Ryan, everything boils down to trust. She doesn't trust anyone outside her family. She doesn't trust that her sister will stay because their parents left. But most importantly, she doesn't trust herself or her own instincts. One reviewer summed it up better than I could. Quote, I've never read about two people so determined to get in their own way before. It bordered on frustrating, but thankfully ended satisfactorily. At one point, I truly screamed into my book, just show her your feelings, man. But alas, as in real life, he didn't listen. End quote. And another one. Quote, Much to my relief, Caden and Ryan were literally drawn together with magic and attraction, but their relationship developed throughout the story. And believe me, it's not a smooth path. Caden's emotions and actions were all over the place, as were Ryan's sometimes. It gave a kind of jerky sensation rather than a smooth narrative, but it was exactly suited for the story that was being told. It's always interesting when the story makes you feel things that are a reflection of what the characters feel. But thank goodness, being soulmates meant that they were meant to improve and help each other in their weakness. It made the whole thing work for me, especially since these two lovebirds were beautifully imperfect, end quote. That's my favorite part, beautifully imperfect. Isn't that how life really is? In the end, it's our imperfections that make us unique. It's what Ryan and Kata needed to learn in order to move forward in their lives and their relationship. Sometimes I think I'd like to go back and add things to this book, fix a couple of spots, but that would be a shame really. Letting go of the imperfect novel is hard, but as a writer, you have to learn to do that or you never become an author. No book is ever going to reach perfection. It'll never make every person who reads it love it. It's just not going to happen. So. I let it go and published it in 2015. I actually ran a Kickstarter project, which was totally nerve wracking to fund this. It paid for my editor, cover art, and buying the gift books for those who backed me. It worked, the Kickstarter, but I'll never do it again. I hated begging everyone I knew for money. Anyway, you could say this was my crossover novel. It opened the door to writing romance, but since it still had elements of speculative fiction, I didn't even consider writing it under a pen name. That would come later. It was also my first young adult novel. It took several years to write, six I think, and the storyline changed several times until I ended up where I did. In fact, Fade Into Me is the only novel that I mapped out in outline form, from the last scene to the first. That's right. In order to get it right, I plotted backwards. 
I've never done it since, but it worked for this story. I knew where I wanted to end up, so I wrote that down and then asked, how did she get here? As in, what happened right before the scene that led her to this point? Once I figured that out, I repeated the process until I connected my dots Z to A. Here are a few other behind the scenes facts you don't want to miss. Caden's name changed every week for about six months at the end of the process. Every name I tried out simply didn't fit. A couple of times I'd start reading a scene at my critique group and they'd all go, nope. Then we'd brainstorm names together for me to try out the next week. I love and miss my critique group. Life sort of separated us months before the whole social distancing became the norm. I really hope when the world starts turning again, we can get back into the writing groove together. I had a dear friend who helped me understand some of the emotional baggage Ryan was dealing with. She shared some events from her past and we talked for hours about how it made her feel then and moving forward with the rest of her life. It took a lot of courage on her part and I felt honored that she trusted me with those conversations. The cover of this book was actually found by another author friend. She read an early version of the story to give me feedback. And right after that, she was searching for her next cover when she saw this one and immediately gave me a call. It was perfect and I couldn't pass it up. For those of you who haven't seen it, it's the picture of a girl with her back turned towards you. And there are these butterfly wings sprouting out of her back in a multitude of colors. But her head is kind of tilted down, so there's kind of this sadness to it, but then the color of the wings also holds a lot of hope. And uh, it just spoke of rebirth to me, so I had to get it. Ryan has a character song. She's the first one of my characters that I found a song that fit her perfectly. It's called You Hear a Song by Cassidy Pope and is on her album Frame by Frame. Let me read uh, some of these words to you and maybe you'll see what I'm talking about. Maybe one day I'll just let it all go. Let every shade of my true colors show. Keep loving me and I'll lose all control eventually. Never wanna be, never wanna be that girl with a million needs who keeps running your world. I see a mess in the mirror, but you see the girl of your dreams. I see the dark clouds rolling in, but you see the sky I can't see. I hear this melody coming out all wrong, but you hear a song, you hear a song. They keep talking all the ghosts from my past, heartbroken, can't get over it fast. Just give it up, stays around, and it never leaves. I see a mess in the mirror, but you see the girl of your dreams. I see the dark clouds rolling in, but you see the sky I can't see. I hear this melody coming out all wrong, but you hear a song, you hear a song. A one note symphony, baby come on and sing it back to me. Of course it sounds a lot better when she's singing it and there's some like melody and rhythm, but that kind of gives you the idea. I love that it's talking about colors, there's actually a storm scene, so the fact that she sees the storm clouds and he kind of comes in at this, this is one of their first meetings. Anyway, there's a lot of things in there that I love. She's talking about being heartbroken. She's talking about how she sees herself in this negative light, but this person has come into her life who sees so much more in her. And it's really his persistence and his willingness to stick around that helps her to start see herself as worthy again. Okay, the next fact. 
partway through writing this book, I discovered the song Fade Into Me. So this book really was the one that brought in music to my writing. So Fade Into Me by David Cook. Um, I think it's on This Loud Morning is the, is the album. I was amazed at how it also told my story. The words are about colors fading into one to fit the way my magic visibly mingles. Um, and it even mingles between soulmates fading to white to show that they're in balance with each other. For the first time, I wished books came with end credit songs like movies do. And I may or may not have used the same title. Okay, so here's some of the words from that song. All I feel now is the weight of the day. I need you with me to push it away. We disappeared into each other. Colors appear and bleed into one. Fade into me, fade into you. Two of us melting together until we become something new. Which they do, spoiler alert, by the end of the book. We can't escape. And watch the world chasing to find us, both of us hidden from view. If you fade into me, fade into me. And then there's a section for Ryan as well. When I'm broken, you're the one thing I need, like an ocean, feel you crash over me. And then it goes back to the chorus. So once again, there's, there's elements of the story I wrote within the song. And so I just immediately connected to it. So um, my girls, Kaya and Ashley, were my main beta readers and critique partners for this book. They were my target audience. They were both, I think they were about 14 and 15 years old at the time. And by the end, they were both a little frustrated with me because I'd rewrite stuff while they were reading and making comments. And then I'd hand them a new version as soon as they were done. Kaya finally said she wouldn't read it again until it was printed in book form and I could no longer make changes. Ha! Little did she know that as an indie author, you can always make changes. Well, we never really sat down and discussed why I wrote this book for them. I've always tried not to be too preachy with them. And the book does a good job, I think, of telling a story where the lessons are subtle, but they're there for the reader to connect to when and if they choose. Otherwise, it just follows the, you know, standard fairy tale setup. An everyday girl with problems meets a good-looking rich man who falls in love with her. Eventually, with the help of magic usually, they work things out, get married, and live happily ever after. My version was just a little bumpier than Cinderella's. Fade Into Me was the first book that I had recorded for audiobook release. I accepted the first audition I received, and it worked out well. It may not be my favorite out of all of the audiobooks that I've made since then, but Tia's voice is really easy to listen to, and I appreciated that. This was also the first book I wrote in first person from dual points of view. Trying to get Caden's voice down took forever. He probably still sounds a little too girly, but my excuse for his verboseness and emotional insights is that he is 124 years old and should know how to communicate. Don't worry, 124 is teenage for Epithians, so he still acts angsty often enough for him to fit in with most teen to early 20-something boys. This causes conflict and tension at every turn when mixed with his eye-roll attitude toward humans. Yep. Beautifully imperfect, both of them. Have you read Fade Into Me? If not, you can download it for free as a Patreon subscriber. It's this month's download for standard and enhanced members. You can find me at patreon.com backslash charitybradford underscore riverford. The link is in the show notes.
I'll also add the Amazon link because it is free in KU. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. And until next time, remember to be forgiving to yourself and others because we have more in common than we ever choose to see.